you enjoy the words you are about to hear, please subscribe to I Saw a Picture wherever you listen to podcasts and leave a kind review on Apple Podcasts. You can find transcripts and support the production of I Saw a Picture along with my other work through patreon.com slash ameliasalm. Hitting Patreon goals will allow me to make more and longer form content, so be sure to check it out. I Saw a Picture is a podcast in which I will describe to you an image. The descriptions will wander. The images referenced may or may not exist. Each section of the podcast contains 10 episodes. Each episode contains 1,000 words. Episodes will be released consecutively on days divisible by 7, after which point there will be a brief hiatus between sections. The first section is Filed Under N for Nature. The following episode is about mountains. I saw a picture of a mountain. It was several mountains, actually. I used to have an idea of what a mountain looked like. It was a triangle that extended upward from a flat plain. Sometimes there would be smaller triangles pointing out of the top, but the centermost peak would always be the highest. That's how you know it's a mountain. Maybe a jagged line would separate the white-capped tops from the brown or green areas below. Snow is optional, but recommended. And the weight of the air in the cold might shade the beast in soft grays and blues the way ice is blue before it's white. It is rare, in my experience, to see an actual mountain that matches that description. Usually, they are nestled within a pack, each peak a vertebrae connected to another to form the backbone of the horizon. The differentiation between individual mountains is an issue of plate tectonics and geology, theories that do not concern me. As much as I may wonder in what particular ways the bones of the earth crack and twist, my mind drifts to the philosophy of scale in size first before time. The rhythms of movement still themselves in these moments whenever you're looking directly at it. Amid this cacophony of ridges, carving up the silhouette of a sleeping giant, subtle boundaries delineate one form from another. Mountain from mountain, mountain from valley, mountain from sky, mountain from water. There is a general consensus regarding the perimeter of the snow-capped peaks who invert the natural pattern, growing larger in the winter and retreating into hibernation as the sun makes its presence known. Snow huddles in different crevices of shadow, some clinging lower, some resting higher, indifferent to routine unlike the trees. I heard of the tree line before I had seen one. It's one of those facts that seem so obvious when pointed out you wonder how its conclusion wasn't innately known to you. There is a limit in altitude where the lack of moisture and warmth makes the area inhospitable to trees. It is a threshold that would be difficult, I imagined, to differentiate. Or maybe I imagined the forest to dwindle out in a gradient-like reflections, Concentrated at the base but petering out into the ether as you move further and further away from the source, from the warmth, from the thick blanket of air that makes up its core, and this is likely the case of several mountains. But in this picture, this mountain, these mountains, the line between life and death was so clearly drawn you would have thought it was a metaphor. A strict border of evergreen that marked some arbitrary height of an upper bound as if it was decided by a council and projected on a map. Nothing else stood out so starkly in contrast. Not the musculature that belongs to one peak over another. Not the gestalt of the slope against the valley it creates. Not the haze of mass that blurs into the background, into the horizon, into the past. Not the moment the water of the lake becomes a surface too steep for a shore but separate nonetheless where the mirror meets the original. Such beings do not understand boundaries or binaries. As much as we seek to draw lines around each form and define it in the declarative, I wonder if a single pine cone could seed just a centimeter above the line that its mother reached. Would the line be redrawn? 
In some ways, yes, but none that really matter. I won't be so bold as to say that mountains are universally understood to represent obstacles, but they are imposing figures from any perspective. Both a practical and figurative wall, when I say overcome, I mean persevere, not conquer. Formidable is appropriate for a picture such as this, when the earth has risen to the sky, eschewing warmth and life and its aspirations. Traversing such a creature is its own challenge of survival, its own limit, its own promise of death, and its own reward. The mountain's breadth slows the rise of the sun, and the shadows in its wake draw out even before the night falls. Don't forget the earth is a sum of its parts. There is no differentiation between a journey taken for necessity or ego to the dirt that is packed beneath the weight of travelers. The trails and passes that carve their own paths throughout the landscape are finite and mutable. Whether they are created or simply discovered before they are lost again, none of them are visible from here. By now, most peaks have been crested at least once. The only discoveries left are for individuals needing some distance or hubris to see the world laid before them. Whenever I see a picture like this, I consider the perspective and the light. These mountains reflect so brightly, it's no wonder they have nothing left to hold warmth. Everything is bathed in the sun overhead, even the shadows are looking for places to hide with mixed success. I consider perspective because I can see the tops of these peaks, and the peaks behind them, and the peaks behind them, and the horizon so far in the distance you can see so far. Where do you think they were standing, whoever made this picture? How high to make the mountains lie in landscape between their valleys, to see beyond the top of the world to its curvature? How far above life would you venture, just to look down on the tree line? To say that you did. To show it to someone else. It must be lonely at the top of the world, by necessity, cold. But there is a call to it. Maybe the way you can hear the crispness of the air, see the wind chime down its slopes, daring you to risk everything for the summit. To see that view just once, it might be worth it.